When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast. You know, when temps drop below 80 degrees in Florida, Oof. it can only mean one thing. It's fall, baby. Finally, our one week of fall has arrived. Uh, last week, I was in Pittsburgh. I saw all the beautiful foliage in the Steel City, yeah. and, it, and it reminded me of Florida. Yeah, no, we, it did not, actually. <laughs> we don't get foliage here. We do have a lot of uh, leaves, brown stuff on the ground. It's mostly hurricane <laughs> it's debris, debris that we right. haven't swept up yet. Hey, but they, no. ca- they came through my neighborhood this last week and scooped it up. I, Good go- news. Well, you, knowing you, you probably put more than hurricane <laughs> debris in, in your piles out there. Uh, I'm glad that we finally get to, you know, bust out some long sleeve shirts. Yeah. doing it today. This is my pumpkin spice flavored shirt. Yeah, we yeah. can drink a pumpkin spice latte, a hot one, without feeling like frauds for now, for the next few days, because yeah. we're getting some nice 60s and 70s. We can bust out the flannel. Speaking of, oh, I brought I, I brought some uh, pumpkin spice flavored items, and uh, I just want a quick sample. I know next mm. week we're we're talking about Halloween and all the delicious Halloween candy, so uh, we'll be eating a lot next week <laughs> as a tease. Yes, uh, but here we go. So we got uh, some pumpkin spice flavored gummies. Okay, here, give it a shot. All right, uh, gonna, we got we got pumpkin. Go, go this is first. this table has never been longer. I know. I wish my arms were a little better. Right. Uh, we have uh, pumpkin spice flavored pretzels. And then pumpkin spice flavored jelly bellies. The so, pumpkin spice flavored gummy. Can you get your mouth in there so the, our audio audience can hear the chewing? Okay, that's disgusting. All right. The ASMR? Has what do that, you think? That's yeah. what the kids like, right? It tastes just like a gummy bear. I don't taste the pumpkin spice, but it's good. What it tastes like? Uh, a life, one of those chewy lifesavers. It's good. Yeah. I don't get the pumpkin spice, though. The pumpkin spice pretzels. Where's the nutmeg? There needs to be. There we go. Take that. I, can I just going, have a pumpkin spice flavored pumpkin pie? I, I mean, I'm kind of an all seasons pumpkin pie. Do you eater. even like pumpkin pie? I, do I like it? Yeah, I love it. Do you? I, I absolutely love pumpkin pie. I do too. I but have a lot one of actually don't. sitting in the fridge right now. You, you know what percentage of people that sip these pumpkin spice things and, and eat this kind of stuff don't really like pumpkin pie? Really? There are a bunch of pretenders out there. No, oh, I, I love it. This the pretzel. This is good. Yeah, I taste the nutmeg. We need to send some back to the control room. With that, let's. Uh, Let's kick this thing off with Brian King uh, behind the darkened door there. Uh, Producer VK, we will get you a shipment of all things pumpkin spice here in, in, in a moment. Appreciate yeah, that was, that was Brian's pie? name. I'm sorry, Do we Brian. eat pumpkin pie just in the fall, or is it a year-round thing? No, I, I think I, it should be available uh, at the ready. I wish year-round. we could have it and turkey year-round. Why do we only eat turkey uh, on Thanksgiving? We eat turkey throughout the year, but pumpkin pie just seems like it's, you know, fall it does yeah, seem dessert. that way, but that's because uh, you need to have your mind open. What about bit, sweet potato pie? That's a good one, I'm too. I'm okay with sweet potato pie, yeah. but it's not pumpkin pie. Right. Pumpkin pie, number one. All right, All right. enough about food for now. Uh, we'll come back to it, I suppose. Brian, I, I, look, hey, it's fall, and uh, it's football season, and we're going to talk a lot of football today. Give right. us an idea of what's coming up. Uh, talk a little bit of football. Talk a little bit about the college games this past weekend, some mm. of the upsets. Mm. And uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Bucks and what's going on with Tom Brady. And what better person to bring in than someone that's got experience both in the college yeah. side and the pro side. 
and that's uh, Anthony McFarlane. Booger Anthony. McFarlane. Oh yes. Now and now I know his now name. Now you know him. Yeah. Are you allowed to call him Anthony? I I thought it'd be proper to say his first name first okay. instead of the uh, well, his Booger. Well, we'll but, find out if he has any friends named BK. Like we call you BK. <laughs> well, well, I don't yeah. know if he does. All right, we are looking forward to it. Thank you, BK. Um, Chris, one of the things that I'm most looking forward to in this show is the gentleman that joins us out on studio now. It is Jeff Tewksbury. Please, wow. just everybody give it up for Jeff. <laughs> and he's got his guitar. You brought thank your you. guitar. Why, I did. Why did I, you do that? Well, it, it's a prop, mostly, but um, you you had asked me to bring this uh, something from home, and I thought, well, this will do. It's like a show and, and tell. Yes, yeah. precisely. Something you were hoping you would bring food, and you bring this. I, is, I know, yeah. and there's not enough of this guitar for all of us, and I'm just going to be selfishly just... So, Jeff, I, I assigned you something, and uh, just, it may not be uh, fair of me to have done this. But I, I, I had a dream, and this was a real thing. I woke up in the morning, and I thought, I have an idea for the show. And I immediately texted, uh, you know, Tukes and, and, of course, BK with this idea that I want you to do a musical recap of the show at the end of the show. So you have from now until the end of the show to kind of fine-tune and come up with uh, an original, well, a you, Tukes masterpiece. You dreamt about Tukes. Uh, it so happens quite often. This is, uh, are, are yeah. you, do you need a therapist? Or I do. Okay. I have a lot of issues. But uh, this is one of my crazy dreams that I think I'm so excited. I'm, to, I'm really excited, right. too. But are you going to give him food? I don't uh, yeah. know if that's good. No, but he's not, he's not singing yet, so I'm just going to roll over. Can okay. Nice. All right, there Chris, you go. Thank you. That's just to show that Tukes is in the same studio with us. If I eat it, I won't be able to sing. So, but I'm going to put it in my pocket and save it. All right. Of course. Don't let it melt. So, okay. So, are you up for the task? Uh, Scott, yes. Right. And I, I, I did crib a little bit. Um, I, I prepared some preemptory, but I'll also include okay. what's about to take place well there's some immutable parts of our show sure you know? yeah. like uh, chris some, yeah. is always going to be sitting there and wearing some t-shirt <laughs> and i'm going to be sitting here okay. and brian's going to be there's so we're looking things you can count on all right so that is of course coming up at the end of the show uh get to work riding toques and uh fine-tuning that guitar by the way that's gonna be all fun right, if you are listening and you would like to watch go to fox13news.com slash nodpod if you're watching and you want to subscribe the easiest thing to do right now is Take out your smartphone, point it at the screen. You see that little QR code, the little thing, the, the white with the black dots um, look like ink blot a little bit? That's yeah. our QR code. So if you scan that, it'll actually take you to our main page where you can listen and you can download and you can you can absorb it. You can there are, uh, yeah yeah a lot to a lot to take in there. There's so. a portal and and more people are finding it. I've heard so yeah, yeah. it's it's like the transfer portal. Uh, but it's we we don't let you leave. Yeah, and we don't pay you for right. listening. So, you, so. You, you just become yeah part of the program. You're captive. All right, so let's start with uh, with some hard news, oh. some difficult news, and I don't even mind bringing Brian back into this because both of you guys are die-hard Alabama fans, and I know it's it's been we're days removed now, but it's it's kind of a postmortem. How are we? Are we okay? Are we holding up? I'm still wallowing. I don't know about you, Brian. I'm still wallowing in that loss. Yeah, it, it, losses stink, but I'm no good with it. I mean, I, when I went to school there, it was some lean times. So whenever we get beat, I go, okay, True. that stinks. Perspective. But, mm -hmm. you know, at least I wasn't back when, when I was in school. That's a good point, too. I also <laughs> thought for the younger generation of Alabama fans, like my nephew that just graduated last year, he doesn't remember losing to Tennessee, right? And we won 15 in a row. Tennessee next to Auburn is our most hated rival, right? And yeah. it used to be 
brutal. And when Brian and I were younger men, not too long ago, Tennessee won like eight in a row. Like it was torture. Yeah. And then, you know, we would win several in a row and it's gone back and forth. But the younger Alabama fans, maybe if anything good happens of this terrible loss, like they will appreciate beating Tennessee a little more next year because I think you know last year uh, or a few years ago I went to an Alabama Tennessee game we you know blew them out and all the young Alabama fans were just you know oh it's another Saturday I'm like no we beat Tennessee we smoke cigars now and we appreciate this well I, you remember that bad spring break where you had to get a tattoo of Philip Fulmer on your body right? I, I'm still yeah. getting it lasered off it so, was in an unfortunate location yeah, yeah. Bama fans now uh, are enjoying the glory days although maybe maybe it's switching a little bit I, I will oh. say that I'm not for destruction of property but when you see a, a chunk of goalpost floating down the Tennessee River I, I kind of am in favor of that I think it's money well spent by yeah. the, uh, Tennessee's raising money now to as if they need to raise money but raising money to replace their goalpost now all right so how does the SEC shape up guys because we have according to my math we got four teams that have a legit shot of making the playoff and I think two SEC teams are making it in because the Pac-12 is, is pretty weak this this year and the big the Big 12 is pretty weak as well so it looks like we got a Big 10 know. team looks like we got Clemson who doesn't play anybody but cupcakes and probably two SEC teams so how bad does this loss for Alabama how, how bad does it actually hurt because you win the West you're you're back in the SEC championship game well, Brian, I'll let you go first. On well, this. I mean, it's that's the point. I mean, it, I mean, it hurts Alabama because they lost. Pride. But it, in the hurts big the picture thing, I mean, they just went out. They're still in. Tennessee, to get to the playoff, theoretically, more than likely, has to beat Georgia again. They play at Georgia. And then they'll have to win the SEC championship game against Alabama on a neutral site. So that's two wins they have to get just to get where Bama's just one win away. And it's the same thing with uh, Georgia. Georgia has to beat Tennessee. If they lose to Tennessee – you know they're not in the uh, the uh, SEC championship game. They do have an outside shot of getting in the playoff, yeah. but it's you know it's you're kind of you know hoping on other teams' losses well, and that's, at that point. And that's assuming that there's no other hiccups because right. Tennessee still has Kentucky and and, and, and still Mississippi walk. State at home and Kentucky at home. Both of those are at home. I, Georgia has a no. I'm sorry, Missouri. They have I, I'm Missouri, sorry, Georgia South has a tougher path now. I think the Tennessee does. Georgia has Mississippi State at home. And you Kentucky want me to tell you? No, Georgia I, has Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Georgia Tech. Yeah. So I think Georgia has a little tougher path than Tennessee. But here's here's how I look at it. For, I mean, for, for Alabama, obviously you can't lose again, and they most likely won't. I don't know what could happen. But we saw last year, same thing, lost to A&M early in the season, went on, beat Georgia in the SEC championship and got in. What I think this loss does is it muddies up the playoff picture for everyone else. And it, as you said, increases the likelihood of getting two SEC teams in. Now, you made some assumptions about the Pac-12. There are still some viable. They're pretty accurate, though. Yeah. Or, or, they're, they're Oregon's got one loss to Georgia. If they run the table and get in, you got to put them in as a Pac-12 champ. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you would, you would have to see an SEC implosion of sorts. I mean, because you at could. this point in the season, I mean, you, you got to have somebody lose to somebody that, that nobody's kind of calling for, right? Well, I, th- I think one thing's for sure. Clemson's getting in. And so that takes one right. spot there. So Clemson has Syracuse this week. And if you're watching the Sunday night show, perhaps we're already talking about it being done. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they got Notre Dame. They have Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. Uh, it, it seems like that that's a road to an undefeated season. And the ACC championship game against maybe North Carolina? Probably North Carolina. Like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good path. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we, we will move on now. Uh, there will be no more mention of Alabama. Maybe one or two. I bet there okay. will be. All right. Okay. So we're moving on from that. But I want to talk about hot seats in college football a little bit right now because you have uh, Auburn, Brian Harson. Is I mean, hot seat. 
Hottest of hot seats. Oh, last year the university is trying to get rid of him, and and his players. The funny thing is, if you watch their games, the players seem bought in on him, but it's the university and the fans that are trying to get rid of him. The uh, guy that I that people want to say he's on the hot seat, but I don't believe he's on the hot seat is Jimbo Fisher, of course, because uh, no. they pay him too much money to for that seat to ever get too hot. Yeah. Um. So that begs the question: with a recent interview on sixty Minutes, Coach Prime Deion Sanders talked about the opportunity if it comes across to join a, a power five conference team that that he would look at it he, he would consider it given what he's done at jackson state and uh they to this point undefeated last year they won the conference uh, he's recruited uh some players that you know that would that he's competing against alabama and right. georgia for some for some of these guys how intriguing is Coach Prime at a school like Auburn, at a school like Missouri, at a school like is if Arizona moves on from from Fish? I mean, do you do you see him being a successful coach at that level? Well, not at Auburn because they would just turn it into a dumpster fire as they've done for their past four or five coaching hires. But I could, I could see him being successful at the Power Five level in a major conference with the right staff around him, right? Like, I don't know how much of an X's and O's guy he is, but I, I know he's a great recruiter, yeah. and he's a great motivator, and he's going to send guys, sell guys on the NFL. He can get them there. So I could see him working in, in a, at a Power 5 league if he's got the right people around him. And is that not the name of the game in college football? Yeah. I mean, of course you want to coach your guys up, and you want to, you know, to educate them and bring them along in the game. And But it, it, it comes down to how well you can recruit. And if, if Coach Prime can can sit inside somebody's living room for the same player that Nick Saban is, I mean, if I'm if I'm an AD, if I'm a president of a university, I want that. I want a guy that's yeah. going to give me as much equal footing as possible with the big guns, and let's start getting some talent in here and see what what can what he can do, and and can he provide you know a, a great coaching staff that is able to execute the X's and O's if it's not him. Well, with NIL money, right, these things are possible. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, in the NFL, uh, it, the, talking about muddied waters a little bit, we have a handful of three and three teams, and I want to get kind of dive into who's trending up and who's trending down in these three and three teams. So we have the Bucks, we got the Packers, we got the Rams, we got the 49ers, Seahawks, Falcons, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Patriots. All these teams are three and three. Some of them may be overachieving three and three, mm-hmm. and some are clearly underachieving. And in that group, I would I would put the Rams, I would put the Bucks, I would put the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd put the Ravens in that group. Ravens, absolutely, yeah. 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 And next week, when they take on the Bucks, we're going to start to see some of that separation. What? Who are the teams in that group that are pretenders and, and who are actually playoff teams? I think by virtue of simply being in the NFC South, the Bucks are a playoff team. I think the so NFC too. South is so bad. That uh, even if they finish the season with nine wins, I well, think they're in. Uh, the Falcons are three and three, right? And I think they're pretenders, over, over, overachievers. Overachievers right? is that the word? Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I agree. The the Bucks, by virtue of the division, not that it's fair necessarily, are going to be a playoff team. But are they a Super Bowl team or a conference championship team? I don't think so. Not at this point. And you know, we'll talk to our guests more about that later on. But uh, big problems on the offensive line. Okay, so of these teams, I see that are 
are contenders but are three and three. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are still contenders. They're three and three, but their three losses are by a total of eight points. Yeah. If you watched this past Sunday, they figured some things out on offense against a good Saints defense. Uh, the offensive line, you know, they went in heavy on getting a better protection for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. They seem to be clicking now. Defense is playing well. They're in a very winnable division. I think the Bengals, the Bengals truly are uh, contenders. The Rams. I believe in that coaching staff. I believe in their ability to get it right. Um, And I think with Allen Robinson coming along now and providing a compliment to Cooper Cup, uh, I think the Rams are going to get it right too. See, these teams, to me, what I'm going to lean on is quarterback play and how solid are these defenses. I mean, you you have guys, teams that are talented that have loaded loaded rosters. The the Rams are in that number. I think their defense is going to figure it out. And, and Matt Stafford, you know, I think he's one of those guys that has earned the right to be bet on. And so yeah. can they start to figure it out? I believe they can. The only problem, though, is that they're playing in a very difficult NFC West. And they're going to have to try to figure it out alongside a very talented San Francisco 49ers team as well. And, Who's trying to figure it out. Right. And, and then the Seahawks are 3-3 three and three and no one saw that coming. Yeah, that, that may be an overachiever type thing, but Geno Smith's playing out of his mind right now, taking the most of this opportunity that Pete Carroll's given him. And So we shall see, but uh, I, I... One thing, you mentioned that the, you, what you look at is based on quarterback play. What about the Packers? Because that's a quarterback you would normally bet on, but I think they are pretenders. Really? Yeah. Uh, in, in what way? Well, in the because way the receiving core. Or well, the that's a, that's game, a or? big part of it. Even Rodgers, okay, six drop passes on Sunday. That's bad. But Rodgers missed a lot of throws too. Hasn't looked really sharp, and the run game hasn't been what it should be with those two running backs. But mainly because of the defense being uh, a shadow of what everyone thought it would be. They went in heavy, spending tons of money on free agents, some big, uh, you know, first round draft picks, and and they can't stop the run. So I think that's the reason. I mean, they are in a very winnable division, but I just don't believe in the Packers right well, now. Well, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings may have something to say about that. But, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always bet on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think this guy has shown it time and time again. Uh, you know, the weapons, you lose Devontae Adams, it's going to be a hit. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's one of the best in the league for a reason, and uh, I know that Rodgers certainly misses him. Uh, but when you lose on your home field to the Jets <laughs> – Okay, like the Jets are good, though. Oh, boy. Yeah. Are they? They I don't know. But um, I I did enjoy seeing Sauce Gardner, the rookie, uh, running around with a cheese head and and trolling the the fans at Lambeau Field. And that kind of begs the question, like what level of trolling is appropriate in sports? Is are there no guardrails? Because I know in in Knoxville. Oh. A couple certain songs yeah, were played. We after, uh, sorry, I told you I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> you, you, it took you five minutes. Yeah, well, that was a good five minutes, wasn't it? So that was, but they they played what Dixieland Delight. They played Sweet Home Alabama, yeah. and those are your songs. You own those. Well, do and we? They were, I mean, we certainly have. Oh, y- yes. Yes, I right, know. We yeah. we co-opted Dixieland Delight, which is odd if you listen to the lyrics because it talks about a Tennessee Saturday night. But yet, yes, we have made it our thing at Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, that plays between the third and fourth quarter, and it's one of the great traditions in sports. So when, when, when the trolling hits home for you, do you have a different take on I it? I have no problem with what Tennessee did. I would have okay. trolled heavily, too. They beat Alabama for the first time in 15 years, and it's you know they obviously were ready for that. They had the fireworks loaded and ready to go. They had uh, the cigars ready to go, and they had these two songs ready to play. I don't know why they played Sweet Home Alabama, uh, but I could get why they played Dixieland Delight. Um and you know certainly you know they may feel like 
they have ownership of that song. I have no problem with the trolling. I thought it was great, you know. Lane Kiffin was trolling Alabama during the game, having been he does on, that well on Tennessee at a time they missed a field goal where they could have beat Alabama. Please make it this time. So I have no problem with the trolling. You know what I just found out, though? That uh, Leonard Skinner is uh, is not from Alabama. You just learned this. I just yeah. I just wikipedia this band. No. Yeah, no, they are from Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Okay, I have a problem with this. I'm going to tell you. It's, uh, it kind of rocked my world a little bit. What, what's your problem? Uh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. I'm ready to talk a little college football and NFL in, in greater depths. What it, do you say, Chris? With a person who can better analyze it than us. Absolutely. Probably. He's got to be one of the busiest men in the profession of sports broadcasting, and uh, he is a football analyst for ESPN, former Buccaneer, good friend of the show. Let's welcome in Booger McFarland. Booger, thanks for joining us. I, I know that you're so busy during the football season. Do you even have time to get out of the driving range? Uh, no, not the driving range. When I have a little <laughs> free time, I actually try to go play rather than just hanging out on the range. Yeah, I hear you. Between NFL and college, take us through a, a typical work week for you. Oh, my week's not bad, man. Like, uh, I have to be in the chair Saturday at 12 o'clock. And, you know, we have a marathon Saturday where we're doing pre, post, halftime feel of all the games till about um, probably about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And Sunday, uh, Sunday mornings are relaxing. I don't have to be at work until around 1, 1.30. And we watch all the NFL games, um, except the late game, because we do our primetime show around 730. Uh, so we'll do that. I'll get done about 830. Uh, I'll have a car service take me to New York. And from New York, I'll fly uh, Monday morning to wherever we are doing our Monday countdown show from. Uh, do the show. Um, depending on if it's a West Coast city, I catch a red eye. If not, I'll fly home the next morning and yeah. then kind of. Rinse and repeat all over again on the, the following weekend. I don't know. It sounds about as busy as I thought. I know, yeah. I mean, he, you're, you're talking about it very nonchalantly, but uh, yeah. I think that, that type of schedule will be. I like the car service idea. You could, you <laughs> yeah, could no, get no. a nap in if you need right. to or watch some film in the car service. So, oh, and you said you fly home, so where's home now? You still got a house in Tampa? Still live in Tampa, never left. Beautiful. Love it. So, yeah, it's it's funny because your broadcasting career has just, like, taken off like a rocket ship. And it was eight years ago that you started doing local radio in Tampa. Could you have envisioned this where you are now in, in such a short window of time? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe not to the level, but I, I thought I was going to be successful, man. It's one of those things where if you don't think you're going to be successful or you don't think that you have opportunities to go bigger and, and better than, than, than you start, then why are you doing it? So, yeah, I, I envisioned success. I uh, didn't know where it would go or how it would go, but I, I, I've always been able to talk and have fun and enjoy sports. And um, at its core, that's what we do. You know, we get to watch football, talk about it, have an opinion. Uh, you try to entertain people, try to dress nice, and you try to enjoy what you do, man. Because, like, nobody wants to come to work and be a – a curmudgeon all day and, and, and be be angry and be, uh, you know, be stubborn and be upset. So I, I enjoy what I do. Did you have the hot takes like in locker room days? Like would you guys sit around in groups and talk about other games? No, we, we mostly like, yeah, you would talk about other players. Like if, if you saw a guy that was having a good season, whether or not you liked his game or not, uh, but most of the man, when we had downtime, we were trying to figure out what we were supposed to be doing. And we played dominoes a lot during the, in the locker room. So, 
um, we would get together and watch some games just to kind of pay attention. But like when those guys are your peers and yeah, you respect them, but you know, you really, really look forward to competing against them. And so, um, you know, the TV copy and, and the actual game is kind of entertainment. When we want to study or break down a guy, then that's when you got to get the all 22 out. I hear you. Well, you mentioned how you're, um, you know, you're lucky if you get out to the driving range these days. Got to ask mm-hmm. you about this. You know, Scott and I know you from Scott more so than than myself from the Abe Brown Invitational here in the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay area. Wonderful fundraiser for Abe Brown Ministries, which does so much to help those who have yeah. been uh, incarcerated reacclimate to society and become productive members. Uh, you're a great spokesperson for that organization. Um, so, but on the golf end of that, I got to ask you. Um, Who's the best former player you've ever golfed with? Well, some good ones out there, man. Like locally, uh, Rondé's really good. Uh, he puts a lot of work in his game. Uh, Mark Royals, I haven't played with him in a while, but he was pretty good. Uh, nationally, uh, former player, uh, Josh Scobie, kicker, used to kick in Jacksonville. He was really good. Um, uh, enough nice st- enough nice stuff who's the worst <laughs> who's the worst former player you've golfed with yeah, well there's a lot of guys that are bad man because if you golf is a game that if you don't put any time and effort into you're gonna be bad so i play with a lot of guys that could easily break one break 150 on the high end yeah baby all right i feel like i've never felt more akin to other professional athletes than that's this as moment close right as now. we'll get to there to you go other pro football players booger i know that everybody knows you as booger but uh and the story has been told about how you earned your nickname but i'm curious when when the first person other than a family member called you that and what was kind of your feeling about that how long did it take to embrace um, I don't remember who the first person I, it, it was probably one of my sister's friends or one of my friends because this all t- took place uh, when I was younger and so you know kids and start to hear it and you know kids like to tease other kids and next thing you know I, I, I'm pretty sure it was one of those kids that uh, that kind of got it started and, and kind of kept it going um, and now again everybody kind of knows the story it's to the point now where I, I use the name to differentiate who knows me and who doesn't, especially when you're in a crowd of people. You know, people just automatically start screaming your name and calling your name and all these different things that you have to, uh, I mean, you can't turn around and talk to everybody. So you kind of have to decide how are you going to decipher who's who. Uh, and so I, I usually don't answer, although nowadays no one really calls me Anthony. Um, it, 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 it's, it's kind of gone in reverse a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, since everybody kind of knows me now, it's kind of crazy that we're on TV. So everybody calls you Booger. So uh, when I hear somebody calls me Anthony, call me Anthony, my ears perk up a little bit. <laughs> somebody a, who yeah. doesn't know you. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, you know, like mom. That's a bill collector or someone. Yeah, Stay right. away from that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to get your take on uh, the state of college football, and of course, last week it was it was the big uh, big win for Tennessee over Alabama, and how that kind of shifts things a little bit in the sec how, how do you see this playing out because we got we got four playoff spots still uh you got to assume the two are probably going to sec teams but Ole miss is still undefeated and of course georgia has kind of inside track and tennessee is legit and bama's one win off and, and they could of course win the west so how, how does this play out in your eyes yeah, you know what? I, honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I don't start worrying about playoff spots until we get past Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always 
like looking at deadlines. Like baseball for me, it's Memorial Day. Once I get past Memorial Day, then I'll start to pay attention to baseball. Basketball, once we get past Christmas, I'll start to pay attention to basketball. NFL, it's Thanksgiving. College football is Halloween. Like once I, when I get past Halloween, because usually by then teams are in eight and nine games into the season. And so at that point, you kind of have an idea because you can see the finish line. Uh, right now, obviously, I, I think there's probably seven or eight teams that have a, a legitimate shot. Um, you know, Tennessee still got to play Georgia. Ole Miss has got to go to LSU this weekend. Then they got to play Alabama. Um, Ohio State, Michigan got to play. Um, let's, so there, there, there's so many mm-hmm. scenarios that are still left out there. I, I think you kind of waste your time trying to figure out who's going to be the four. I'll just say that I think we're going to have more parity and more balance than we initially thought. Yeah. Because we initially thought this was going to be, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, um, Georgia, Alabama. Well, yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit more than that, especially with Tennessee jumping in there, Ole Miss looking good. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little deeper than we initially thought. Well, I, I can tell you it's going to be Clemson is in one of those spots. They got no one in their way. Right, and by the way, Chris had his playoff set back in July, so there's no such thing as too early for some folks. Well, you know, some of us have to drive a talk show and conversation, <laughs> so we do start worrying about this stuff before Halloween. But you're right, Booger; it's way too early. You mentioned some of the SEC West teams there. Uh, let's talk about LSU just for a bit with your ties there. How? What's your take on the Brian Kelly era so far? They, they got smoked by Tennessee at home, then they go on the road, and of course, they've owned the Gators the last five or six years. A uh, tough win to open the se- a tough loss to open the season against Florida State that they could have won. They're, they're at four and two now, though, with one conference loss. How how is Brian Kelly doing so far? I think he's doing outstanding, man. Um, I think if you look, I think they're five and two to be honest. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I think I, I think if you look at where they were, let's go back less than a year ago in the bowl game in December, where they had thirty nine scholarship athletes, to where they are now, which. Um, the offense went into Florida and spanked a really a, a really well coached Florida team. Um, they're five and two. Uh, recruiting is going really really well. Uh, the transfer portal has kind of helped bridge the gap until some of the young guys are are, are ready to go. He's starting out of the starting twenty two. I want to say they start five freshmen. It's a relatively young team. So uh, based on where we were to where we are relative to the. I guess the expectations are going as good as they could have gone. Um, you could have gotten a Florida State win. I don't think we're ready to beat Tennessee. So, yeah, I, I give BK a solid B-plus, man. And I, I think uh, it's going to be about how you finish the season. And and we'll see where LSU goes. I, I, I know this. If you look at the last three coaches that, that have coached there, in their tenure, they've won national championship. At Saban, Ogeron, Les Miles, they've all won one. And I think BK is trending uh, from just from an early early stage to getting himself in a position where he can challenge two, three years down the road uh, once he gets his program where it needs to be. LSU should be back in the mix, man. Yeah, I love that you call him BK. It shows that there's some intimacy there. There's there's a genuine friendship. Has he reached out to you as a as a notable alum to get your thoughts when he got in? Yeah, well, I don't know, but I mean, it's just it's a lot easier to say BK than Brian Kelly all the time, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think any responsible coach, man, you got to reach out and, and you got to kind of welcome the guys that have been there before, because again, most coaches are going to be there for a short period of time, you know, and and they're going to move on and they either get fired or retire, and 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 usually 
it's it, it's the former. So um, yeah, BK's done a good job, man. I know that Chris wanted to move on past uh, Rocky Top. Yes, but I, I want to get back. To, I want to get back to that. Uh, so Hendon Hooker, obviously, I mean, he's inside track Heisman. He is he is the talk. But when when teams are trying to rise to prominence, when, when you're trying to get a program to the ranks of a Georgia, an Alabama, an Ohio State, a perennial favorite that's just reloading every year. For a team like Tennessee that's led predominantly – they have a lot of talent, but, but of course, their quarterback is the guy. And, and once he's gone, right. you wonder if it's sustainable. How difficult is it for programs like Tennessee to sustain that success? Well, I, I don't think it's difficult at all. I, I think it's, it's about momentum. Uh, you got to remember, uh, Nick Saban's first year, what, Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. I think they went, what, seven and five or something like that. Uh, and then once you start to win, you built the momentum. And I think that's the one thing he's done at Alabama is he's built he, – he built his program to a point now where it basically runs itself. And he did it early on by creating momentum, by winning, recruiting, winning, recruiting. And once you kind of get that, that cycle going, uh, you can keep it going, especially in the SEC. And it, it, it's select programs around the country outside of the, the, the SEC that can do it. But there's such a, a passion for football in the South, man. Uh, I mean, just look at that scene at Tennessee. Yeah. Look at that scene. Alabama had beaten Tennessee 15 in a row, and there was 110,000 people just – I mean, they were just sitting there on the edge of their seat for every play uh, because it means something. And I think when you when – like, people always get upset when you talk about the ACC and, well, it just means more. Well, guess what? It kind of does. Like, it, it's just different in the South, man. We don't have – ice hockey we don't have most of the time there's no lacrosse like it's just football in the south that's it that's it football a little baseball uh we're not worried about golf we're not worried about you know a water polo uh <laughs> it, it is just it's fo- it's football year round man and i think that's the biggest difference and you see it and when tennessee's rolling tennessee can recruit anywhere against anybody and the problem has been getting the momentum going like even when they they won a couple games in the past, it kind of stalled out with uh, an NCAA investi- investigation, or it stalled out with something else. But I, I think they have every opportunity this year to keep it going. Josh Heupel is young; he's he's young enough. He's innovative. He's an offensive guy, and, and you know that's where that's where football is going right now. Like defense, for whatever reason, is not in vogue. If you're the young hot shot offensive guy, um, you can kind of sell that. And I think NIL has really given college football more parity yeah. than we yeah. thought it would. Because now if you got money, and let's face it, a lot of schools got money. If you got money, then you can get a good team filled. It just depends on how much money you want to spend. Well, and Tennessee's already got one, right? A quarterback coming from California who the their NIL collective has put up uh, – vast sums to get him this five star so yeah they'll keep it rolling there I think I mean Tennessee's always been a sleeping giant kind of ready to reascend to the top there and if there were any recruits at that scene at Neyland Stadium on Saturday night then they're already hooked they're not going anywhere else cigars Mm -hmm. for everyone uh let's can I get can we stop talking about the Tennessee Alabama game please uh let's let's get back let's let's get to the NFL booger um the game as we tape this you're coming off of a Monday night game where we saw the Chargers and the Broncos, and what is going on with quarterback play right now in your mind? Why are we seeing some of these guys just not producing like we have seen them produce in the past? Stafford, Rogers, specifically, right? Wilson. I mean, yeah, well, even Ju- even Justin Herbert wasn't good the other night. It's you know, it's kind of really all over the place. 
I think these guys are struggling to find their rhythm. Let's not forget, most of them didn't play in the preseason. And so most of them are trying to use the season to kind of get in rhythm and get ready. And it's tough to do when you're going against live bullets or somebody's trying to knock your head off. And so it's a little difficult. Uh, I do think the quarterback play will pick up. Like once we get past, you know, once we get into November, get past Thanksgiving, I think you're going to see the cream rise to the top consistently. But let's not forget, just because the guys you named aren't playing well, I mean, if you look at what uh, Josh Allen is doing, look at what Mahomes is doing, look at what Jalen Hurts is doing, look at what some of these guys that are playing, Kirk Cousins, like there's some guys playing at a high level now. Yeah. It's just not everyone. And so I, I do think the, the, the more consistent ones that we're used to seeing there will slowly rise up as the season goes along. Well, and some of those names that you mentioned are the young and up-and-comers, whereas some of the names that are struggling, and we don't want to necessarily pin it on age, but these are the older quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps that's, right. that's has some some uh, level of play into this. Uh, speaking of old quarterbacks, Tom Brady, I, I know that this, the story – here in Tampa is about oh is this, is he committed right you know he went to a wedding on uh, two nights before a game last week he missed, missed some time during training camp what level of commitment is there in your mind is this a story at all is this dog gonna hunt or is is this just a, a complete non-story and this is bigger than Tom Brady well I, I I do think first of all it's bigger than Tom Brady but I I do think that if you question his commitment um, I think you're probably wrong. I do think if you make the statement that says for the first time in a long time, there are things that have taken taken um, a more important stance in his life than football during a time when football normally dominates. I think that's a fair statement. And uh, as far as going to the wedding, like a lot of like guys, Friday night is your night. Like we get out of we get off work early at like one o'clock. You got all night. Most guys go out on dates. Most guys go to uh, movies. You do go to dinner, do whatever. So if you got the ability to jump on a private jet and fly to wherever, I'm cool with it. Listen, if you got to do it. My only question with Tom was, okay, if you could fly the jet up there, why not just fly the jet back, be in meetings Saturday morning, do the walkthrough and fly with your team? Like, I really have no problem with him, you know, jumping on his jet. Tom Brady has earned the right based on his accolades and based on how much money he's earned him and his family he can do what he wants to do like if you got to do it my only question to him is why didn't you fly back on the same private jet and go to go to because it's normally you have like a two-hour meeting which is is mainly a review of what you did during the week and then the walkthrough you're out there in tennis shoes and a baseball hat so it's not like you're really even moving so I, I get it it's really nothing but it means something because it's it's a team thing like we all do it it's kind of like Urban Meyer when Urban Meyer didn't fly back with his team. Was it a big deal? Not really, because all he's going to do is sit on the plane and fly back and get off and go home. But it means something because it, it kind of signifies that we're all together. And we ripped Urban Meyer a new one because he's the head coach. Well, I, I'm not saying Tom Brady's the head coach, but he's the most important player on the team. So yeah. I don't think it's the reason why they lost to the Steelers. But I do think that if, if you're a fan and you question for the first time whether something – during the course of July and January, besides football, are more important. I think you have a right to do that. Well, in, in Urban Meyer's situation, to be fair, he ended up um, at a different establishment, which caused some extra headlines that uh, yeah. Brady's not going to be guilty of, you know. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I do wonder of how much that does, even though they're not going to say it, does that sow a little bit of discord in the locker room? Guys that kind of look and say, hey, especially, I can't get away with that. Especially if you're chewing out your offensive line. Right. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that. You know, I mean, most guys in the locker room, like guys, respect the game. Like they know what he brings to the table. Yeah. Uh, I, I would think if he showed up to practice and he wasn't prepared, then yeah, there would be some discourse in the locker room. But I think he's the most prepared person. I think he's going to be there again. I don't think him not being there Saturday uh, in any way, shape, or form was the reason they lost, or even a, a small piece of why they lost. They lost because they couldn't get off the field on third down. Yeah. Uh, their left guard and center were terrible. And the offensive game plan wasn't exactly what I would call uh, winning football. So that's the reason they lost. Now, um, can they get it fixed? We'll see. Um, I think that, you know, defensively, when when you have a veteran defense, that that, that defense typically um, prides itself on dominating. And I think when you look at the Bucks, like when they roll out their starting 11, even without Akeem Hicks, you know, you look at Nunez Roches, you look at Golson, you look at uh, Tryon, you look at Shaq Barrett, you look at Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, uh, Carlton De- Like, Like, these are guys that have played a lot of football. And some of them aren't playing well. Shaq Barrett. I mean, I don't think I've seen Shaq. I, I don't think I saw the Shaq Barrett the year before he got the contract. I haven't seen that guy since. Hmm. Yeah. I've seen flashes, but I haven't seen the consistency. Carlton Davis, I haven't seen the consistency from him. And, and, and I think that hopefully I'm not in the locker room. I just watched the tape. Hopefully there's a level of accountability inside the locker room for everybody, especially the guys that are making the money. Like those are the guys that have got and, – and, and if you look at that defense, a lot of guys on that defense making a lot of money, from Vita yeah. to Shaq to Levante to Devin to Carlton. Like those guys are making a lot of money, and you got to be able to carry your weight. And, 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 and sometimes that means doing more – than just hey, sixteen points. Sometimes when you got a a, a a a rookie quarterback and you got a guy who's gotten benched, like you got to take that and say, you know what, we're not aligning these guys across the fifty yard line. Yeah, like where's that kind of pride and that accountability? I don't see that with them just yet. Killer instinct. Um, we we have faith and hope, of course, that the Bucks defense is going to be just fine. Uh, and certainly some injuries in the secondary haven't helped get those guys back. Uh, back to what you said about the offensive game plan, though. Something's lacking there. Mm-hmm. Can't convert these third and shorts f- to save their life. Lowest uh, rushing output in the NFL right now. Do you think the Bucks are missing Bruce Arians? Um, I don't really, I don't think so. I mean, Byron called it plays the last two years. So, I mean, uh, I'm yeah, sure. But, but it's if, something if, about if, Bruce's, I, I don't know, maybe this is just me looking for an excuse, but he's almost, yeah, um, probably the leadership, you know, kind of their spirit animal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we all want to, we all want to find something that's different from last year. Right. And that seems to be a big glaring difference. Yeah. I, I, I don't, Bruce, uh, knowing Bruce and, how uh, how big an advocate of Byron that Bruce has been. Uh, Bruce had a headset on, but Byron called all the plays. Yeah. And he's talked about that for years. Like, he he doesn't – he didn't dibble and dabble or meddle. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Bruce is at practice a lot. He's there every day. So, if there was something I'm sure that he saw, because you gotta, you got to remember, Bruce turned it over to Todd. Bruce turned it over to Byron. So, Bruce wants them to succeed. So, I'm sure – if he sees something, he's he's got the green light to go and Byron, go talk on, uh, knock on Byron's door or Todd's door. So even though Bruce is not on the sideline, he is ever present at that facility just about every day. So I, I, I if, if there were a reason that you asked me to put some money on that was playing a major difference, that would probably be the last one on the list.
Well, you know, Booger, as they say, a team always takes on the personality of their senior executive assistant. <laughs> right? I never heard that. No, no. They well, haven't. it helps but to have in a the Bucks case, maybe, yeah. with Bruce Arians. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing a little bit of knowledge with us. Uh, I'm sure that your, your, your private car awaits here because you've got big games to get to this week, and uh, we certainly appreciate you covering a little bit of time with us. We, we, we didn't get a Super Bowl pick. We don't know if we'll get to talk to him again before wanna, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, wait, if it's too early to talk playoffs, then it's probably too early for a February well, Super Bowl. No, I bet he's got one. I'll give you, I'll give you the AFC championship game and the NFC, just a, just a guess. AFC, I'm going to go, obviously, I'm going to go chalk. I, I'll go Buffalo, Kansas City. I think those are clearly the two best teams. NFC, uh, NFC right now, if you force me to pick, I would probably go um, Philly and Tampa. I just oh. think that, you know, Tampa, Tampa is too talented, man. I, 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 I think they'll be there. Um, those will be my final four. Uh, and, and I'd feel pretty good at, at least getting three out of the four right, maybe all four. I the like Bucs are the Clemson in that scenario. They have the easiest, the easiest road path. forward yeah. in that horrible NFC South. All right, can uh, I let him get back to work now? <laughs> okay, I guess. Or at least go hit some balls. All yeah. right, Booger McFarland, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Booger. Always. You're the best. Later, man. <laughs> See you on Halloween. <laughs> oh, we love catching up with Booger. You know, I, I don't know how he does it because he takes in as, as much content as he takes in between NFL and college football, and yet sharp as attack. And uh, we can't throw a curveball past him. There's a reason he's doing what he's doing, right? And he's done it at every level and sometimes at the same time at every level exactly. on the weekend. What a guy. Chris, you know what I didn't ask Burger about? What his thoughts are on Leonard Skinner being from Jacksonville, Florida and not from Alabama. I feel like he would have had a take. Uh, do you think he, yeah. yeah. Do you think he would be on my side or, or your side? How do you know what my side is? Well, because you, you don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem. Brian, with it. do you have a problem with Leonard Skinner being from Jacksonville, Florida? I have no problem with it. Why? Uh, they sang. They they sing your anthem, "Sweet Home Alabama." The second word being "home," a place where one dwells. Wait, do you know? Okay, what, do you know why they sing "Sweet Home Alabama"? Tell him, Chris. Well, yeah, tell me. Well, it what was written know? as a response to Neil Young, who wrote two songs, "Southern Man" and a song titled "Alabama." Okay, that was putting down the. Yes southern people okay, of the time. Okay, but it's not sweet home southern people. So what Leonard Skinner was doing was writing a defense of southerners in those songs. And that's so they wrote Sweet Home Alabama because Neil Young drug Alabama's sweet okay, name but into it. I think it. we're we're mixing here because my issue is not with the song. The song is great. You just don't and like I that they're not from Alabama? I just it, it rattled my cage a bit, okay? Well, look, it kind of shook my foundation. Uh, listen, if, if Neil Young had written a song called Florida, they would have sang about Sweet Home Florida. It's so have a you should have a problem with Neil Young. Well, Florida is in the south. Do you Neil Young wrote a song titled Alabama. Okay. He, do you have a problem with uh, Credence Clearwater Revival not being born on the bayou? <laughs> They're from California, <laughs> your neck of the woods. A little bit. Yeah, now that you mention it, I kind of do have a problem with it. Yeah, I do too. I don't know. It, I don't see the outrage. If you found out that, that Frank Sinatra was from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, okay? If you found out the Beach Boys were from London, uh, is that... I don't... I feel is like it not, doesn't bother me that if the members of Boston are not from Boston. Are they? They're no. not? Uh, no, they may be. I don't oh, know. What about Chicago? Wait, is up. Alabama? Are they from Alabama? Alabama yes. is from Alabama. Uh, what if you found out they were from Missouri? It wouldn't change it. it no, wouldn't it wouldn't change, change it. How? It would be, be a problem. How many, I mean, Tukes probably knows, but I don't even know, like, Kansas. How many members from Kansas are from Kansas? That's a great question. Mm.
I would, they better I all of the them. Outrage. At least at least a couple of them. Okay. Right. I'm uh, glad so, we hashed that out. All right. Yes, good. Sorry, I'm just a little. Well, yeah. Billy Joel. I got this. Billy Joel's from New Mexico. Did you know that? Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Good. New York State of Mind. All right. Hey guys, I got this video here I saw the other day. It's just absolutely insane. It, it just exemplifies like the whole, f you know, fight or f uh, flight response in a, a, you know, pressure situation. We just had, we just saw some of that. I, I was about to fight. We, I know, but this is, <laughs> takes it to the next level. Go ahead, roll it, Sean. It's, it happens in Japan where a guy's mountain climbing, and then just take a look at what oh. happens. Ah! Oh. It's a bear. Sound that. Oh my gosh. There's a bear attacking this he, guy. Uh, yes. And he's, and he's still holding his phone, pointing. Yeah. I think he was a, he might have had a GoPro actually on his helmet. Is that, who's but, yelling? Is that the bear? Or that's, that's the guy. Okay. That's what you're off. supposed to do. You're supposed to yell and make yourself big, right? Th that's not, what they not, say. Not for a grizzly. For a black bear, yell, make yourself big. He looks like a small bear. He, he's, he's a little smaller. Well, I wouldn't what want it was, him. he was... He stumbled uh, into a, it was a, it was a mother bear, and in the very bottom of this video, you can see where a cub, the bear. little cub comes up. Stomp. So she was just defending her, you know, what he thought, she thought was a predator. Yeah. There this you see a little cub right in there. Yeah. And uh, the guy said that all he did was started screaming, yeah. which I would have done. I'd have had he? that part down, yeah. And then he said he used his karate moves. Yeah, and he, so karate, I, in, in uh, was reading, that the crane kick that he's doing? I don't know. Uh, whatever it was, it worked. But he said that what he did, experts say that's what you do. You hit the bear in the head. I'm always no, not thinking a grizzly, about those scenarios. Uh, like if I encounter, a, you know, my greatest fear is sharks. If I encounter a shark, you know, they say to play dead, right? <laughs> do they? <laughs> no, I don't know. Scream I, and I, make I mix it up. Look and I, that's the problem. In the mode of panic, I would get it wrong. Yeah, I, you, I would think, would wait, am I supposed to play dead or am I supposed to punch <laughs> the bear in the mouth? I don't know. Well, I, I can tell you that if I stepped on a piece of like hard seaweed in the Gulf, you wouldn't, you didn't know. I would sound just like that guy being yeah. attacked by the bear. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, jump I feel bad for the bear. Like you wake up for hibernation, you're hanging out, and this screaming mountain climber climbs into your den and starts punching <laughs> yeah. you in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was bad. Yeah, I feel <laughs> bad for the bear. He was up for a like, little tussle. I mean, he kept I? coming back for more. Yeah, mm. but uh, it's insane. Give it up to him though. Just keep his cool. And then, then he didn't fall off the mountain. I mean, Dude, he, that's was the he didn't even stop recording on his cell phone, which uh, might be an even greater I, indictment. And then he posted right it to the of course. interwebs. Yeah, it's all staged. All right, yeah, that, that was a bear. <laughs> that was a person in a bear costume. <laughs> Without further ado, let's bring Tukes back in. All right, Tukes, you've you've taken a lot in in this episode of the Nod Pod, and I know it's going to be impossible to condense this down to a song, but I trust you. M may I try? Yes, please. And may I? <laughs> I think the, the bear was angry about the man being on his phone in that beautiful <laughs> vista. Exactly. It just, it's very rude. He was rude. just cranky. Yeah, such yeah. a like, millennial off thing your to do. Phone or the bear was like, nature. you get reception here? I never get reception <laughs> Ah, T-Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's a little song that Scott uh, commissioned yeah. by um, inducing me with uh, pretzels and <laughs> pumpkin, um, spice pretzels. pumpkin spice items. All right. So. And a one. I like it already. Every song tells a story. Here's the story to the Nod Pod song. Oh, yes. Scott said, Tukes, I think we need a Nod Pod song. <laughs> Scott's my boss, and I really like this job, so I said, okay. 
so na 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 not part song na 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 no off day song na 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 not part song no off days no off days no no off day roll call of the guests you can hear right here on Scott Smith and Chris Cato's and Brian King's No Off Days podcast. Yes. We just heard from Anthony McFarland. His nickname's Booger. Booger. A first round draft pick. That's right. Who won two Super Bowls. Phil Esposito. Not on this show. We call him Aspo. And Joe Madden. We just call him Joe. Kevin Kiermeyer. We call him KK. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's with Magic Hey This song will grow longer with each passing episode. I don't see why eventually it will exceed Don McLean's American (laughs) Pie. Let's hope so. So na 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 pod song na 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 no off days na 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 pod song no off days no 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 off days beautiful that is so it's exceeded what I could have ever imagined the great Jeff Tewksbury thank you so much you are too kind and on that note play us out please maestro. All right. If you want to watch full-length episodes, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod, the QR code on the screen. How have we not hooked you by now? I believe that is. That's going to be the selling point. I'm hooked on pumpkin spice. That's amazing. Good job, Tukes. No, 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 no. No off <laughs> I love it. All right. For our guests, Booger McFarlane. For Tukes, for Chris, for BK in the booth, I'm Scott. And remember, until the next time we are on, there are no off days. Play us out, Tooksy.